0: my name is Pete Rushmer, and uh, I'm uh, one of the fleet geeks. Sadly, Mike can't be with us this week because he is busy training transport manager CPC. I think he's down in a place called Cookham uh, at the Chartered Institute of Marketing, busy training up uh, some future transport managers, which is uh, one of the things he loves doing best. So um, you're just going to have to put up with me, but I'm joined today by two wonderful guests which is a bit unusual for the Fleet Geeks podcast, Um, but it's part of what we want to do moving forward and bring people in and introduce our listeners to uh, some fantastic uh, service offerings that will complement their businesses and uh, that will complement if they're consultants, if they're transport managers as well, it'll either save them money or maybe complement the service offering that they're giving their clients. So um, I'm really pleased today today to be joined by uh, Nick and Joseph from Driving Down. Um, hi guys, what I'll do is I'll get you guys to introduce yourselves, and uh, if you can tell us a little bit about driving down. So, uh, Nick, let's go to you first. Nick, um, welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. How you doing, Nick?
1: Yeah, good. You built us up there. A lot of praise, to be honest <laughs> with you. So I hope we don't let you down. Um, no, no, happy to be here. To be honest with you, thanks for inviting us. Um, so yeah, my name's Nick Dodds. um I'm currently the MD for driving down. Um, worked here for about two years now. So my experience or past history has always pretty much been in Fuel Cards. Uh, I've worked in the industry for about 12 years. Um, And we originally sort of set up driving down as a business uh, to try and help and support companies uh, within the industry. So unfortunately, Fuel Cards has become a little bit of a a murky world um, as it's sort of untransparent and there's a lot of bad practices. And obviously working in the industry for as long as as um, long as I have, that kind of became apparent that customers could do with support and help to try and get through that. And um, obviously in the end, try and get savings through their fuel card providers. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Thanks,
0: Nick, appreciate that. Um, over to you, Joseph. Joseph, you're the sales manager, aren't you?
2: I am, yeah, so I'm the sales manager here at Driving Down. Um, Been in the unfortunate world of fuel cards now for um, coming up to coming up to 10 years um similar sort of background to nick um apart from i was the you know the good looking one um within within the business there who was you know in charge of bringing in sales you know um and yeah here at driving down it's just a case of ensuring that businesses you know and everyday people like like us aren't sort of overpaying when it comes to the fuel cards because having worked in fuel cards unfortunately we were we were the people that had to sort of make the money for the large corporate companies so we just wanted to to give a little back and that's sort of where we are now with driving down
0: yeah fantastic and uh just to give uh, the listeners a bit of context i've been working with joseph and nick now probably for uh i think sort of nearly six months haven't i and i certainly uh it's interesting actually how we came about being introduced because we were actually introduced through one of one of my clients we had a a sort of co-client Um, who sort of introduced us and sort of thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to have a, have a chat. And I know that you've been doing a a sterling service for them. So it takes a fair bit for me to bring another company on sort of say, you know, um, that, that, that I recommend their services, but I think the, you know, the proof is always in the pudding. And uh, like I say, we've been working together. Yeah. We've been working together for like six months. And um, I know that you've made some real impact um, with the savings for, um, some of the clients that I work with already. So, um, first of all, thank you for that, because I think uh, it, it's a tricky business at the moment. And, you know, bit, uh, transport operations, it's busy, you know, it's a big business, but margins are tight. It's uh, its not the easiest place to make a profit. Um, you know, there's lots of expenditure. There's lots of huge costs in the asset. And running the vehicles and you know the the data i'm aware of around running uh running hgvs for example it's something like 30 percent of the operating expense of a of an hgv transport business so uh we're, we're talking a, a major margin of operators um operators expenditure so if you don't mind guys um we're obviously from a conceptual point of view we understand driving down it, the, mm-hmm. the, the clues in the title right so driving yeah. down the cost of buying fuel is essentially the the presumption first of all could you explain in layman's terms for mm. uh, a listener how the fuel card market works if that's okay should we um just yeah. sort of explain that initially
1: yeah of course so um Fuel cards really in sort of Europe um, are used quite predominantly, and in most of Europe they're used on a pump-based price. Whereas actually in the UK, it's worked mainly on a weekly fixed price. So you get a price fixed for each week, and that's the price you pay for your fuel. Okay, but because that price changes weekly, it gives the opportunity for most fuel card providers or resellers to actually add uh, additional margin into the price um, based on the fluctuations. So because of that, it actually means that uh, the UK is actually the most profitable market in Europe when it comes to fuel cards. So what you end up getting is the top three providers or the top four providers in the UK are actually owned by corporate international businesses because they found the opportunity in the UK market and realized that there's obviously revenue and growth and profits to be made from that. So how it would work in sort of just to give you a simple terms is, um, for instance, if you were given a price for one week, you let's say I gave you the price of a pound per litre. I wish. Obviously, everybody wishes right now <laughs> that it was that cheap, um, but let's just try and keep it simple for me and my maths. So if I was to give you a pound a litre um, for your fuel and I was to say that the market was going to rise by a penny, so the market is rising by a penny, um, what could potentially happen is that week, your price for the following week was actually one pound and two pence. Okay. You don't notice necessarily that there's a big fluctuation in your price. You see, okay, it's gone up by 2p. That seems about where you probably expect it to be. However, you're actually paying a penny more than you should be versus what the market is. Okay. Um, and that in the short term, in one week, for instance, might not necessarily seem like a lot. But if you then compile that to 52 weeks of the year, all of a sudden you're actually paying 52 pence above where you should be. And if you then extrapolate that out for sort of customers that are using a thousand litres, ten thousand litres, a hundred thousand litres, that additional cost can be the difference between potentially paying a salary, paying a van payment every month. Um, and it's such a difficult industry to keep a track on because the market data, which is based on uh, Platt's market, is the fuel market data. And because that it, that data actually costs a significant amount, to be able to track it week on week to make sure that you're not overpaying actually then costs you even more um, and obviously there's there's all different uh, revenue factors that these providers then start initiating into your invoice and um an account things like sort of uh insurance fees that don't necessarily that aren't necessarily applicable um carbon fees that aren't necessarily giving the entire fee to any carbon offsetting scheme there's there's Honestly, there's all sorts of different types of variables that um, you end up paying these fuel card resellers that you shouldn't necessarily be paying them and therefore you're overpaying. And that's where we come in, is to try and sort of shed a bit of light onto what is obviously quite a dark and unfortunately untransparent industry at the moment.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Nick. I think um, I've, I've learned loads out of that, actually. I um, really, really appreciate that. Joseph, have you got sort of anything to add to that that, that, that Nick sort of explained around the fuel card market?
2: no i think um i think nick's absolutely absolutely nailed it there really um just to give sort of everyone a bit of an overview it, <laughs> it does yeah um, it, gives, it gives everyone a little bit of an overview as to what the um as to what the market actually does the other thing as well what i always like to emphasize is you know we speak to transport managers all the time we speak to people running large fleets and you know they're experts in their field they're experts in their industry so whether that's you know haulage whether that's transport or whether that's you know delivering agricultural feeds whatever that might be you know they know that like the back of their hands and you know here at driving down we like to think you know we're the experts when it comes to fuel cards you know delivery of fuel delivery of you know adblue and everything like that so you know what we always say is you know it's always good just to get a second opinion have a little look through your invoices make sure you know they are following the market make sure it's as transparent as it can be because ultimately you know there's no harm in looking and we charge absolutely nothing to look through invoices and for us if someone's on a great price we'll happily say you're on an absolutely brilliant price and it is out there it is great to see that some people are paying great prices unfortunately um you know probably eight times out of ten the price is what we are seeing are quite a little bit higher than where they should be
0: absolutely i think um i think it's interesting because my my understanding of how our clients are buying fuel is that they will uh, ring around the fuel car companies on a weekly basis to try and get the best, what they're being told is the best price. But there's this element of uh, non-transparency around what the actual market's doing, because I think a lot of operators will think that the market's just going one way, right? And they're getting told that it's just going one way, which is up all the time. So can you just... So what I then understand is actually, if the market's fluctuating, there's going to be times when they're paying an inflated price. And actually... They're being told that it's inflating, but actually the market's dropping. And therefore, that's all margin that they're being charged. Is that mm-hmm. sort of making a correct assumption around that's how that's how fuel, fuel cards operate?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, if, uh, as you say, and the fluctuations I mean it's a lot easier for uh, fuel card companies to apply their margin and sort of hide it amongst the fluctuations. The other thing that you sort of hit, hit on the point there was, and you're absolutely right, is if they're comparing their prices against other fuel card providers, um, that's not to say that all the providers aren't necessarily holding a price in the profit. So, for instance, if, as we used the example before there, if their price, if the market's increased by a penny and everybody puts it up 2p, you're under the illusion that the market is increased by 2p because that's what all your providers have done. So, you don't necessarily know that, the, that there's still a penny applied into your, into your price. And this is where we come back to is There's there's the two sides to the coin. One side of the coin is, yes, the savings to be made. And that's our main MO is to try and obviously help the businesses save their fuel. But I think also there's a a time element here is every single week, these companies are having to either ring round providers to negotiate the best price. They're having to compare the prices. They're having to analyze their invoices to make sure that the prices are, um, are following through on the invoice and to make sure they're not being overcharged with any surcharges. So there's a time element and a cost element, which is where we come in, which is to take that away from the businesses, take away some of the headaches, um, and to obviously then, in turn, help them identify those savings. And I mean, Joe sort of hit hit on it before as well, which is our business is to try and help businesses save money, and our our charge is only based on their saving. So therefore, there's no interest for ourselves to bring anybody on board that is not going to save any money um so at the end of the day if you're on a fantastic deal you know at least give us the information and we can give you the peace of mind to say hey you're on a cracking deal go nuts yeah i think that's uh, i think that's a really important
0: part of what i understand your offer is so um if you uh, uh, Joseph, if you, if you can just sort of explain that a bit more so just explain how because a lot of people will be listening going, our oh, driving down or a fuel card company right but in reality I imagine the fuel car companies are really hating what you're doing um, because it's uh, it, it's sort of like uh, you've, it's putting the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit. So um, can you just sort of explain sort of how how driving down works in comparison? Yeah. So now people have got a better understanding of the fuel card market. What Absolutely. is it that driving down does?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, the first thing what, what I always say is firstly, we don't sell, we don't distribute, and um, we don't manufacture fuel cats. You know, we are the complete middle person between your current supplier and you. So, we literally sit in the middle and we act like an external transport manager would. Uh, but we look over things like your fuel, your ad blue, and everything like that. Um, so, in terms of, of what we do here, we, you know, firstly, we'd look through your prices, we'd look through how much you're spending, we'd look through your suppliers, and then we'd compare that against our current suppliers. Um, and what prices we're seeing from other businesses that are doing a similar amount of fuel to yourself. Um, we, we like to think of it like people are buying together, you know, if, if you're all coming together and getting it through the same supplier, let's hope we can all get it at the same rate. And if we can get it at a lower rate for four, five, six different companies that might be spending 10,000, 20,000, um, however much they might be spending on a weekly or monthly basis, if we can get one price across the board, which is gonna save you all money, it's better than people being on completely different prices and having someone, like Nick said earlier on, handle it and sort of take care of it. As many people have three, four, five different suppliers at the moment, they could be ringing around, you know, chasing up, trying to put through to their account manager. Sometimes, even for ourselves, you know, that can take 20, 30 minutes before you actually speak to the right person about it. And if you've got four or five different suppliers, it's who's best to go to. Now, the beauty of driving down is because, you know, at the moment, we're currently managing um circa 50 million liters um so with us having that sort of market and with, with us having that sort of much data we can see exactly what the prices are going to get down to with each supplier so sometimes we'll know actually this supplier is able to beat that company this week so we we sort of know who to who to ring around to when to ring around um and the sort of best timing and the best sort of days to do it i don't think i think i've covered everything there have you anything to add yeah, there? Yeah.
1: I think the only the only thing I will say is that at the end of the day, the pricing from the suppliers is their prerogative. Okay. So for instance, all we're trying to do is obviously um, help the customers and guide them into potentially getting a better deal and a better rate. So, you know, at the end of it, we're not um, directing the providers on what price they should be giving the customers. We're helping the provider to main, maintain, and ensure that customer stays with them because at the end of the day, you know, these, I, I, we understand those customers sit with those providers. Um, and we're trying to tell the, the provider, look, we've spoken to the customer. They're now aware they're potentially overpaying slightly. Would you like to have the opportunity to keep that customer and therefore reduce the price? Or alternatively, we can move them and direct them to another provider. OK, the fuel card market in the UK is saturated with different providers. So there's opportunities all the time for to move elsewhere. If you speak to somebody and mention the World fuel card, they'll use some expletive and say that they've been called about 15 times that week already, okay? So there's opportunity for clients to move all the time. So we're only giving the current supplier the opportunity to main, uh, to keep that customer and so that it doesn't leave them. And if they don't want to you know, reduce the prices, they don't want to put it pull it into line to where it should be, then that's absolutely fine. We'll just unfortunately have to move it somewhere else, but we wanna give that provider the opportunity um, to keep that customer and to keep those leaders in the business as well.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I, in in my head, and I'm, I'm a bit simple when it comes to these things, but to help listeners sort of understand, I see it, you're, you're almost like their insurance broker, but for fuel. So you're like a fuel broker almost is how I see it. So you're the person on their behalf who's making, giving them the advice based on your expertise and your knowledge of the market and an insurance broker will get a fee essentially from generally the difference I suppose is how the fee is earned because you earn your fee from the savings that you make so the Absolutely. incentives are, uh, it, uh, it's like a win-win situation for an operator because Absolutely. they win they win you get paid out of the winnings that they make from from the saving and um, but it's very similar I, I see that relationship to like an insurance brokerage where they go to an insurance broker who they trust will go and find them the best fleet deal for their fleet and make sure that they're properly protected and to make sure they're paying a fair price and that they've got the right coverage that they need. And you're doing the same thing from a fuel provider point of view, making sure that they're getting the right fuel at the right price to ensure that they're in line or aligned with the market and paying a fair price for the size of their fleet. Because I'm assuming, that like with anything, the stronger the buying power, the better the price, Right. The, those operators who've got the stronger buying power with the bigger fleets are always going to generate potentially the, the 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 strongest prices. Is that sort of what what how it works?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think you've you've near enough nailed it. Really, there um, we are very sort of similar to the insurance game, very similar to the gas and power game as well. Um, you know, in terms of people going online to sort of get quotes, everything like that. Um, the only sort of difference is on a weekly basis we do it. Whereas your insurance game and your sort of gas and power game, that's done on an annual basis and people usually stick with that um, for the sort of year, two years, however long they may sign up for. Um, whereas with ourselves, it's that continuous work that people are actually having to put in themselves within the business or employing two or three people within the business to sort of manage that for them. Um, whereas it's just them them straight sort of outsourcing it. Um, like you said there, within the insurance world, you know, people will go to market, they'll find you a deal and they might have a sort of percentage um, incorporated, whereas for us, it's all about making sure you're saving. And if you're saving week in, week out, um, you know, that's obviously where, where we make our money, you know. And ultimately, with 52 opportunities throughout the year for these fuel card companies um, and other suppliers to to make their sort of margins, you tend to find that, that it's quite easy to save money with fuel cards. Fantastic,
0: and I think I think like you say, because there's so many uninitiated operators out there who are paying their own people to go and ring and sort of get fobbed off, and to invest all that time and waste all that money in doing so. It's very easy for the fuel card companies to be able to fob them off because they haven't got the market data, which is the transparency that we're talking about. Um, just for uh, the benefit of the listeners, you may be able to share. I know, you, I know, you, you'll be um, won't be able to potentially share. the the companies and that kind of thing but just to the best extent that you have are you able to share maybe some of the savings that you've seen uh for some operators i know certainly with some of my clients it's been some significant savings that's really made an impact to their 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 bottom line because essentially that savings all margin as well it's dropping straight to the bottom line so um are you able to just sort of share maybe you know a size of fleet and maybe the sort of uh money you can typically save so you you, you're the salesman you go nuts on this one Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfill their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call
2: today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so we've, we've had some great success, um, if I'm being honest. Um, so one of my first um, larger clients that, that we sort of brought on board um, was a business um, not too far from ourselves, based in Sheffield. Um, now, they run a fleet of around 70 vans. Um, they do utilities, so, you know, they're up and down the country, currently installing charge points, different things like that, gas and electric. Um, now, they have a supplier and they've stayed with the same supplier, so they've not had to switch fuel cards, nothing like that. They've passed over the management of the account, and within the first 12 months, um, through not only fuel cards, but also through AdBlue, and then just that direction of drivers to different sites, and they managed to get a saving of over 62000 Wow. which made a, made a big difference. Um, I'm sure they had a great Christmas party out of it as well.
1: Um, we've we've never got an invite, did
2: we? I'm, I'm still waiting for that, but you never, <laughs> you never know. That's a
0: thousand quid a vehicle, and that's on a van. That's it a is van
2: absolutely. That's a van, not even an HGV, you know. Ab- absolutely, wow. you know, and there was an awful lot of that, obviously, based over, you know, 52 weeks. There was some hefty reductions one week. There was some smaller reductions the next, but, you know, over the space of 52 weeks, it, it really adds up. Um, we've, we've got quite a, a nice, large amount of customers um, that are based around, not too far from yourself, really, Pete, um, so based around the sort of Doncaster area, we do an awful lot with um, a lot of like traffic management companies and different businesses like that. And, you know, we're, we're sort of averaging at savings between 10 and 12 percent, um, you know, varying on business size and varying on the starting price. But, you know, we like to average at between sort of 10 and 12 percent. So, you know, if you think your fuel bill for argument's sake is 25,000, um, you know, per month, hopefully we can get your savings there of about two and a half thousand. And it seems that you know that seems to be the sort of the rough savings what we're what we're finding people so far between sort of ten and twelve percent and, and upwards in a lot of cases. Wow, and and like you say, if you um,
0: had so just whilst whilst you're on, Joseph, can you just explain? Because one of the things I like about the service you're offering is I like I like to be able to recommend stuff that's like risk free and hasn't got all the nasty sales strategies and tactics and that kind of thing. Now with uh, with your offering, it's quite um, you know, there's it, it's 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 like you say it's, it's essentially risk free, isn't it? Can you just sort of explain the process? So, if someone was to get in touch with you on LinkedIn, um, obviously said I've heard you on the Fleet Geeks podcast. Uh, can I find that a bit more? What sort of savings would I look at? How how does that process
2: work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. So, if someone listens to us on the Fleet Geeks um, podcast, you know, get in touch. Say where you've sort of come from. Everything like that. Um, how it works is we'll um, firstly just start by a, a brief conversation, really. you know, How many vehicles are you running? What are you roughly spending a week or a month on your fuel? And what's your pricing? You know, that's, that's the main thing is what sort of pricing you're currently receiving. Um, from there, you know, that's enough information for me to yeah. go ahead and do a few calculations and say, OK, actually, um, on your six vehicles, you're spending 18,000 a month. We reckon we'll be able to save you between 2,400 and 2,800 now that's before we even look at invoices we can tell all that just based on the amount of vehicles people are using the amount what they're spending um, and obviously the pricing then when we start looking at the invoices um, we start to notice actually there's potentially more savings you know like nick um, addressed earlier on there's hidden charges and there's little fees that get associated on there um, so we'd start having a little look at that and what we would always say is you know we'll have a look at the invoices we'll have a conversation with you if there's savings there what we always do is for argument's sake if someone was to say joseph um you know we're in march now we would say actually that's perfect you can have the first four weeks we won't take any payment until after four weeks and you'll have four weeks to get those savings therefore it's completely risk-free so we can step in we can start saving businesses money straight away they can see the benefit of our services because a lot of people are always skeptical we've you know we've seen that through through our time and unfortunately people have switched that many fuel card providers Um, A lot of people think we're actually the same. Now, we don't want people to switch fuel cards. We'd prefer you to stay exactly where you are. We know the hassle when it comes to switching 70 or 80 vehicles or even six or seven vehicles with new fuel cards. So, you know, we'd prefer everyone to stay exactly where they are. So what we say is, you know, give us a few weeks. Let's show you the exact savings, what you can get. And usually after two or three weeks, people sort of come back to us and they're they're quite sort of happy to recommend us in, in totally different places and everything like that.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, I think, sorry, just to touch on that, I think Joe's absolutely right. I think <clears throat> the main uh, sort of hurdle or objection we come up against is it sounds too good to be true. Um, and that's such a strange objection handling to deal with because mm-hmm. it, it always when we first started, it was like, well, how do we explain that to somebody? And how do we sort of like reinforce that we're not, you know, trying to pull the wool out of their eyes? Um, and that's really why we sort of promoted the, let's let's work on the account for... Three weeks, four weeks before any payment comes out, um, because at the end of the day, if, if you're saving two thousand pounds a month, it's there in black and white, um, and you're getting charged, you know, twenty five percent of that or whatever it is. Then all of a sudden, you're in a position where you're thinking, well, I'm I'm taking home profit at the end of the day, so it, it's a no brainer, and that's how we sort of want to emphasise that at the end of the day, it's a no brainer, and these customers once they get see that and it and the results are delivered, and the you know what we've potentially. Um, you know, honest, transparent selling to them, um, we delivered on, then all of a sudden you get this referral route that comes through because you get everybody starts discussing it. But let's let's be honest, in the logistics or the fuel world or wherever, whatever industry you're in, you're going to have businesses that you talk to on a daily basis. Um, and that over the last sort of, especially within the last six months, um, has been one of our sort of main channels for sales, it's just word of mouth. Um, and as we said before, you know, with fuel cards being such a sort of um, untrustworthy industry at the moment, um, that's great for us because all of a sudden our reputation is what's preceding us and people are seeing that that we're delivering on what we hopefully commit to do. Um, and that then builds up loyalty and then that still builds up that channel and it's just a bit of a, a growing avalanche.
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. The, the values in in our flagship business is uh, loyalties, tr- loyalty, trust and confidence because it's about that loyalty. It's about building the trust and confidence in what you're doing and what you're offering. And yeah. um, I, I like, I like that you give people that opportunity to sort of build the trust in you without having to, having, having to pay first. And obviously, ultimately they already know how much hard work it is to get a good price or what they perceive to be a good price. Cause they having to make the calls and get fobbed off and messed around. The new guys are sort of essentially take your burden in the risk by taking the effort out of it and, and absolutely putting the, the, the labour into making those calls. So.
2: You're 100% right there, you're 100% right there, Pete. And I don't know if you can see behind there, I know it's probably quite small on the text, but just on the driving down logo there, it says at the bottom, you know, honest support for hardworking businesses. And that's exactly what we're here to do. You know, if someone can ring us and say, is this price competitive, is it not? You know, we we can assist them. That's what we're here to do. So it just gives people that little peace of mind that actually they're getting looked after by, you know, an extra person. It's like having, you know, another account manager who's managing everything and overseeing everything, but who's giving you that honest advice rather than anything else. And a lot of the time, the other thing what, what we try to do, Pete, is we try to try to give warnings, really, which is one thing what most fuel card companies don't do. So if we know that the market, for argument's sake, is going up, so if the market is going up by two, three pence, however much that might be going up by, you know, our clients and also people on LinkedIn um, and different sort of platforms like that will warn them that the price is going up. The reason for that is if you're putting in 10,000 litres a week and you can save yourself two or three pence by putting, you know, a fair, a fair chunk, maybe 2,000 litres in, for the close of the week you're going to get a better price on that you know so it means you're not getting stung as bad and likewise if we see the markets falling which you know everyone likes to see that we'll we'll also tell people hold off you know get by on the bare minimum wait till next week because your price is going to be three pence four pence cheaper and you know that makes a massive difference when it comes to transport it's the difference between some people making profit and some people not yeah fantastic
0: i think uh, i think it's really sort of interesting how I I never really realized how murky the fuel card world was. Um, And I think it's interesting that you're sort of shining a light on that. Just um, are you you able to share sort of what is that a bit of a challenge? You know, uh, what, what fuel, how how fuel cards are taking your service offering? Are they, are they giving you a bit of a challenge at all?
1: I think at the the end of the day, these, uh, the fuel card companies, I can understand there's a little bit of a grievance to it because at the end of the day, you're taking profit from a business, which nobody ever likes. But we're not here to sort of say say to these businesses, oh, you should be out of, you know, you should be giving your fuel away for free. You know, it should be, you know, a pound a liter at the moment. We're, We're not in that industry. What we're trying to do is just make sure that businesses are paying a fair and honest price for their fuel. We all know businesses need to make money. I mean, at the end of the day, that's how the lights keep you know running and that's how people get paid and et cetera, et cetera. But there's a difference between having potentially a margin on a customer and then also taking advantage of that customer. And that's where things have got to, is fuel cards, when they originally started, was about giving support for businesses, giving them preferential commercial rate of pricing and um, to try and reduce their overheads. And the, the focus and the onus was on helping them support the customer. Now, that onus is on maximizing and building profits on the customer to potentially pay corporate-owned companies or to support um, large corporations um, in hitting their revenue targets. And the focus is less on the customer, if at all, and just more about how they can obviously find other opportunities from them. So what we're trying to do is trying to just act as that middleman um, as either from a consultative point of view or from a broker point of view. But either way, just act as that middleman to try and get that customer the support and to get that customer the beneficial pricing to make sure that their, their fuel cars are being used the right way. Yeah, fantastic.
2: I think as well, just sorry to add on to what Nick was saying there. Um, the other thing for the for the customers and our clients is if the fuel card companies, um, you know, do try to put up a barrier or anything like that, it speaks volumes to, to these clients because, you know, they've had to switch yeah. fuel cards that many times. And if if you're running, you know, if you're running vehicles and for argument's sake, you know, we identify that there's a saving in there, whatever that saving, saving might be. Um, you know, if the fuel if the card company says, actually, we're not willing to, you know, we're not willing to reduce on this or, you know, we're keeping it at those prices for X, Y and Z, well, it does speak, you know, volumes to, to all of our clients, because if they know that, fragment six sake, Tim down the road's getting it 4p cheaper than him with the same supplier, you know, why, why should that be happening? You know, so the fuel card suppliers, um, a lot of them now are sort of warming to us because it means that they're not losing clients you know and that's that's the beauty of it people are sticking with them um, and it's going back to the old school like what nick was saying you know when we first sort of started in fuel cards which was what fuel cards were all about it seems to be doing a bit of a full cycle now we feel
0: yeah fantastic i i I do have a bit of uh, a question for you so at what size would a fleet start to see the benefits from your services so what's your you know what sort of what sort of Size is your target market? Have you got a specific type of customer? What sort of vehicles are they running? That kind of thing. Um, who, think, who, who are you looking to
1: help? Yeah, I think when we first started, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from from start to where we are now. I think when we first started, we identified it to be sort of anywhere between five to 20 vehicles. But actually, over time, what we've come to realize is that at any fleet size at all, from one to a thousand, could do with our support and help because. I think to begin with, we thought, right, okay, if any business is over a certain size, they might not necessarily need us. They might have somebody in-house that can do the work for them. But at the end of the day, the person that usually has to deal with that or has the fuel cards as their sort of um, one of the lists on their to-do list or sorry, one of the items on their to-do list, they're not necessarily an expert in the field. So what can sometimes get confusing is people might say to us, why would we have you when we've already got uh, such and such a person in this position that's doing it for us? And we're not saying, well, let's replace that person. What we're saying is let's support and help that person um, to run alongside and with them to try and obviously work on the fuel cars because they're not an expert in that field. They may be an expert in other areas. We're the experts in that field. So let us help and support them to make the better decisions. Um, so I, I honestly think nowadays it's, it's open to any fleet, any size. It doesn't really matter to us. Any any industry, it's at the end of the day, it's all about if we can identify you savings with your provider, then we'll go out and get them for you. And if it, it means if you can't identify you savings, it's not it's not worthwhile us doing the work, so we we won't do it. So what would be the point?
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I think um, and that, and that's if people are listening, whether it's cars, vans, trucks, buses, whatever it may be, if they're buying fuel, if they're buying AdBlue, essentially mm-hmm. you're able you're able to help save the money obviously potentially unless they're getting a great deal in which case you'll just be transparent with them and tell them that you're getting a great deal
2: yeah horse and cart we've got a great deal on carrots at the moment as well so yeah (laughs) yeah the only thing we can't supply um, at the moment is lettuce and tomatoes so if anyone's looking for them you know go elsewhere for them because (laughs) we can't help with that at all
0: (laughs) amazing amazing so you get cheap fuel and dad jokes too so that's great (laughs) (laughs) even the dad bod even the dad bod to go with it (laughs) and the dad bod to go with it love it fantastic um is there is there anything i've missed guys is there anything i've not asked that's maybe relevant or do you feel like we've sort of gone through gone through the offer and and sort of what what you're doing
1: i think i think one of the main things sorry joe i don't know i'll I'll just kind of go for is i think one of the main things we get um from customers is it is it sounds like a lengthy process or potentially it sounds like a complicated process or what's going to change you know, and we're going to suddenly get different invoices, different. And it, it really is. And it's going to sound ridiculous, but it's a really simple sign up process. You know, once the analysis is done and once we can identify what we can do for you, it's a five minute sign up process. Nothing changes from your side. No changes to the business. It, it's simply just we're going to save you money on your current fuel card setup. So, you, you know, it, it, the person of pudding, and we'll, we'll deliver on that for you. Um, but there's no changes. there's no change to the cars, nothing impacts the drivers, there's no change to your invoices. and I think that's the main thing that comes comes up is it sounds great, but we don't want there to be any impact on us. Um, and I think it's just re, re-emphasizing that point um, that it, it doesn't impact you. It's purely about getting you savings on what you currently have set up within the company. Brilliant.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, exactly what, what Nick was saying there. And the other thing as well, what we always do emphasize on um, is we're not a contracted service. And that's the beauty of ourselves is, you know, if you come on board and for argument's sake, after six weeks, you say, you know, this isn't for me. We t- we totally get that. The, you know, the good thing, touch wood, um, is, you know, we, we don't lose customers for for that reason. Um, or anything like that um, you know customers once to come on they see the benefit in us um, what we're doing sort of week in week out um, you know they see the savings and over over that longevity of time if people can think actually you know it's getting handled it's getting looked after and it's one thing that I do not have to look at you know a lot of people and a lot of businesses will take sort of great pleasure in that fantastic uh, I think uh, my, my, my bit to add is
0: that I know that I know that when I've spoken to some of my clients, there's there's an element of pride there around. Well, I'm a really good negotiator. I've got a really good price and I've got a great price on my fuel. I said, well, you know, I know, I know you might feel proud of the job you do, but it's good to it's good to just sanity check it because yeah. any savings are margin, and they are margin, and, and it's a really yeah. tight game at the minute and a really um, tight game.
2: It is, and Pete, you've you've really just hit the sort of the nail on the head there. You know, we've got an awful lot of people that. Um, that do say the exact same that say you know we speak to our account manager every week we know we're on a great price we know you know unfortunately you'll never be able to get close to the pricing um, and then sometimes you look at the price and you say you might speak to your account manager every week but your price might still be out by four or five pence and it, it's one of those that it is like like you say people do like to think that you know they're having that conversation they're negotiating on the pricing but you know, myself and Nick both know from working in the fuel card game, if we knew that we had a customer this, you know, I'm talking um, five years ago, but if we knew we had a customer that might be ringing up every week to get their pricing knocked down, you'd put that pricing up because you knew they'd be ringing every week. So for argument's sake, if, if you knew that that customer rang up and wanted a penny off every week, You'd put your price up by two p because then you could bank a penny. So you knew that customer would ring up the price would go up by two pence. You'd drop it down by a penny. The customer thought he was having a great deal from you. Unfortunately, you'd built a penny in. And from working in the fuel card game um, for a longevity of time, that was a common practice. You know, very very common practice. Yeah. So it's something that's that's out there and people sort of expect these calls. You know, the account managers expect to call every single week, and the account managers will have great conversations with with the transport managers or whoever might be dealing with it, um, you know, just to put them at ease. And that's what they're trained to do. You know, that's that's why these account managers are there. You know, make sure that whether they talk about football or whether they talk about gardening, if it, you know, if it puts that transport manager or that person who's buying at ease, they know that they've won them over for that next week. So that's a, a big thing. Yeah. And I think you're right there with with touching on that there, Pete
0: yeah fantastic yeah i think i think it's that that pride thing in that you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of pride in running a good business and being able to negotiate and those kinds of things so um it can be tricky to um you know admit that you need a bit of help or um to to sort of allow someone else to sort of take that over for you but i think um you know what i would say is if people are listening just give it a try um you know and get in touch so um chaps i think unless there's anything else, I think, I think we've sort of covered um, sort of any, uh, anything there. How to just sort of finalize like any other business that you'd like to sort of let people know about and how, how do people reach out and get in touch? Is LinkedIn the best way? Do you want them to drop an email? Uh, let me know. Nick over to you.
1: Yeah. So um, as I say, like feel free to get in touch with either of us on LinkedIn. Um, obviously let us know where you come from, from the Fleet Keys podcast. Um, so we know, and then let, you know, start a conversation um, at the end of the day, you may as well have the peace of mind that you're on a great deal. If you think you already are, or if you think you're maybe too small, just get in touch. We're we're here for support for every business. Um, you don't necessarily need to be a client for us to give you some free advice uh, within the market. And you know we've got deals and um, and sort of rates as well for all different fleet services and products. You know we've got fantastic blue rates. We've got uh, industry knowledge about telematics. We've got industry knowledge about um any vehicle insurance and stuff like that we've got contacts within those industries so anything that's related to fleet we are in goals become a one-stop shop for all your fleet services um so if it's a case if you just need some advice get in touch if it's a case you just want to you know you want to tell us ha, i told you so i was on a great rate then feel free to we're quite happy to deal with that as well
2: appreciate it thank you nick yeah no absolutely exactly like nick was saying there you know feel free um, just get in touch via via linkedin obviously um you know say that you've you've heard us on the podcast everything like that um and like nick said there the other thing the other thing where a lot of businesses seem to be overpaying at the moment is is the ad blue so you know you might be getting an absolutely cracking rate on fuel cards but you know, ad blue is where a lot of businesses make their money. You know, and that can be anything from ten percent up to a hundred percent on people's actual prices on the ad blue. So you know, it's one of those that you know always just check. You know, there's no harm in checking, is there? And give a phone call, speak to myself, speak to Nick, and we'll be more than happy to have a little look over things.
0: No worries. Right, appreciate it, Joseph. Nick, thank you very much for joining me. Um, no, uh listeners um you know what what i'd task you with is drop joseph connect on linkedin with the chaps connect with joseph joseph simpson on linkedin uh follow the driving down linkedin page i always enjoy seeing the weekly video that comes out on a thursday that's the market forecast um and uh you know it's it's good to know what's happening in the market and connect with them and like i say obviously. I always say subscribe and um, like our our podcast and our YouTube channel and uh, subscribe to the the, the podcast as well. But just what I'd ask this time, drop a comment below, drop a comment in the YouTube, drop a comment um, on the podcast and let us know you've been in touch with Joseph. And let's see how much savings you've made, because that'll be really interesting for people um, sort of as they come and listen to the podcast and they come and listen and learn. Let them know what the savings have been. If you've had a fantastic experience, then, um, then then make sure you drop a drop us a note and let us know and uh, let people know in the comments. So uh, thank you very much, gents, for joining me. It's been fantastic chatting to you. And uh, yeah, pleasure. hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll we'll catch up again soon and let us know how the markets are in the future. So uh, well, well, yeah, well, hope you everyone listening and speak to you soon. Take care. Sure, Bye. Thank Thanks. Bye.